0: House. Give me my respect. Welcome to Camber House. Now rocking with the best. Join your hosts, Jeremy and James, as they take an unfiltered and uncensored look at the car industry and motorsport across the globe. You
1: can't find the right tool in this garage, you don't belong near a car.
2: <laughs>
1: Welcome to the home of car culture. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Campbell House Podcast, the home of cock culture in Barbados and the Caribbean. And I'm your your co-host, James, joined by my other co-host, the all-gas-no-breaks, Mr. Jeremy (laughs) Foster. And today, we are proud to welcome a man that needs no introduction, although we're going to give him one. Uh, One of the unsung heroes in, in rallying in Barbados. Uh, this man has been involved in motorsport for over 30 years, both competing as well as on the organizational side. Um, he's certainly responsible for growing the sport in Barbados. The rally director, I could say, of Chief, Rally Barbados. Chief, Chief bottle washer. Cook and bottle washer. Boys and girls strapping. Welcome Mr. Neil Barnard. 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 <laughs> Neil, how you doing?
2: <laughs> Not too bad. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks nah. for
1: taking the time, man. Sure. Should be a good shot. Absolute pleasure to have you. Um, how's coronavirus been for you, and what's, what's going uh, on? <laughs>
0: Hopefully you haven't had any experience with it. That's, no, no, <laughs> definitely not. That, that's, um, that,
2: that's, a, that's a very wide-ranging question. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody, yeah, the first, uh, the first couple of weeks, was uh, everything just went sideways, and it was a bit yeah. mad trying to find your feet and figure out what was going to happen next, which we, st- we don't know what's going to happen next, but I guess things have stabilized here on the island for sure.
1: Okay, perfect. So I guess you know we'll take it from the beginning. Sure. How did you first get involved in motorsport uh, from back in the day? Give me a give me a rundown.
2: Okay, so I am um, I'm afraid that I didn't really have a lot of choice. I was born into this. My grandfather was a founding member of the Barbados Rally Club, mm-hmm. so in the fifties, um, and he competed right through the fifties and the sixties, and then was instrumental in. Um, overseeing events at Bushy Park in its infancy in the early 70s. Mm. Uh, both my parents were involved in racing and rallying. Uh, my dad used to write off a considerable amount of cars We used to live in St. Vincent. I <laughs> moved here and met my mother through rallying. Okay. And both of them actually competed. He competed in the early 70s in rallying, and then both of them raced at Bushy Park briefly. Okay. I think he raced a clubman that belonged to my mother and wrote that off, um, a mini clubman. And then they, they both took a break. Uh, on the back of the oil crisis in the 70s, and came back into it um, mm-hmm. more when I could remember. Okay. Uh, my earliest memory is actually at Bushy Park, on the roof of the clubhouse in 1974. That's my earliest childhood memory. I kid you not. Well. Um, but they came back into the early 80s. My dad got back into rallying uh, through navigation, and uh, my mum later on in the 80s, I actually bought a car, and she drove it in competition for a while in the late 80s. So I... I no escaping it for me i actually did my first rally as a navigator for my grandfather when i was 14. so that'd be 1983.
0: that was back in the days when there was no very few rules exactly throw a 14 year old pasture so you can go out yeah yeah there. well it was a, it
2: was what used to call a rabbits and here's rally which was a, a novice rally it used to have one route for the novices and one route for the I like quote unquote professionals but these in the days of road rallying so there was no <coughs> speed based Against the clock, all stage rallying. Right, 70s, this is 80s. this
0: is following um, directions that are. A- exactly. Uh, so the,
2: the, the routes are known, uh, which we still mm-hmm. do today. We call them Safaris. Right. Uh, which is struggling a little bit at the moment, but went through a real boom period in the 90s. This
1: is the Mud Dogs. Early 2000, exactly. Which right. we
2: rebranded the Mud Dogs.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, this is the club. So that was very big in the 80s, huge. And they used to have special stages built into those events. So you used to do like, Two or three hours of route, tulip route, you didn't know where you we were going, you're we trying to find a way, there were time checks, and then all of a sudden you arrive on the start of a closed road. And it was like, okay, the next two kilometers is against the clock, and right. off you when go. You go. Mm. Um, and there used to be guys that used to enter the rallies just to do them. So they used to do pretty rubbish during the, the other parts, yes. yeah. and then when they get to the stages, used to do it. So people like Roger Ski, he used to actually enter like in the early days, his Lancet GSR and then the Peugeot 205, in these navigational rallies, the car would be horrendous to drive for 14 hours straight. Yeah. I mean, horrendous. Yeah. But you would just but do it so that you have those, those couple time. of those special stages. Yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then from there, it, it um, transformed uh, into, or moved into all stage rally. And that was kind of on the back at the same time of the resurgence of Bushy Park, which then shut uh, and it was opened back up. Um, with huge backing by Automotive Art. When 90, would this have early been? 90s. That was early 90s. 90s, because this is what
0: I remember now. You're right. getting into yeah, a period correct. that I remember early days, Bushy Park, Swifts and Starlets, Andrew Malu, Brian Gill, correct. Richard Roy, those boys. Correct. And those are my absolute. Your childhood memories on the roof of Bushy Park, and mine is somewhere in that in Bushy Park looking at a fluorescent Starlet driven yeah. by Richard Roy in the 90s. Okay. I mean, that is, we talked about that in our one of our other episodes. That yeah. Is, yeah. Those were those were the good old days, man. Th-
2: those were th- those were amazing days because you had this situation whereby the guys eventually developed their cars for racing at Bushy Park in that two or three year very huge, yes. bright spot, but they were still using those cars to do stage rallying, which is what had which is a bit them. weird, right? I mean, it's I mad. can't
0: imagine driving. I mean, I remember I remember Andrew Malalu telling me. His, his, uh, his Swift at the time, his GTI Swift that he drove at Bushy Park had 10-inch slicks on it. And I yeah. can't imagine... Oh, on a track, that's one thing. and then, I, But I can't imagine what that would have been like to drive on a, on a special stage. Completely mental. I mean... Mm-hmm. Car would be tracking all tracking over the road. Tracking all over the yeah. road.
2: I mean, just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the... the, the the kind of over from that is Roger Skeet's current car, his Peugeot. Yes. Which, if you have a conversation with Dane about trying to hang I mean on you to can that, see it. it yeah, I mean that's more for dear life with that yeah, thing. Yeah, Absolutely. and
0: that's even more modern technology than what they would have had as far as, like, differentials yeah, is concerned yeah, and whatnot. That, that, that's,
2: that's a professionally built rally car. Yeah. That's Peugeot a Maxi,
0: max. right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 306. It's a handful, though. A yeah, It expensive. is a handful.
2: on our roads. Narrow, really uneven. Uneven is probably being kind um, but yeah, a huge handful. So yeah, you can imagine back in the early 90s, these guys are driving these cars, which are essentially two-wheel drive specials built for Bushy car yeah. racing uh, on stage running. Yeah. So I, I had gone away to university, came back here mm-hmm. early 90s, uh, and then I actually got into competing
0: myself. Good, I'm glad you got there right. because I have a memory of you, but I want to go through some of the... So how, what you got into first, what was your first competition car?
2: Uh, Suzuki Forza GTI, plain white, bought it from Spencer Hutchinson's brother, Jerry the Coffin Hutchinson.
0: That's a nickname. The, um, the,
2: yeah. oh. the, coffin. Uh, the coffin? coffin. The Coffin. The Coffin. And, the Coffin. Um, <laughs> That's a nickname.
1: <laughs> You're still alive, <laughs> I right? I think it cost me,
2: it cost me about $14,000. I didn't have a cent to my name, I borrowed the money from my grandfather. <laughs> Well, oh, it then took about 10 years to pay back. Yeah. I think I had about whatever it is, $150 a month. Yeah. Probably. Well, I'm sure he was but
1: happy you had a, to give it to you because he was He wasn't
0: again. giving it to
2: me. Not, not going to happen. Right. Yeah. No, but, you he, got a,
0: but you got a racing car. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So so in those days, you didn't actually have to have, they were just kind of implementing things like proper safety regulations, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think when I first drove it, it didn't have a cage in it. Then I put in a bolting cage. Then actually Greg Kozia and his team of guys up a whole well. this is mid-90s now. They helped me a lot. There's a guy up there called French. And he, um, he put in the cage eventually, which was very fortunate. Because only a few years later, I turned it over and event <laughs> up in um, Diamond <laughs> Corner. Right. So you were glad that it had uh, a proper cage uh, right de- now. De- definitely I mean. the, the exuberance outstripped the capability. And over, <laughs> upside down, down in a, in a cane ground. Okay.
0: So listen, you had the... You're in the bikes,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that day ended bad. Because That's after rolling that car,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they, I, the wrecker came mm-hmm. and the wrecker brought a sidekick with him. So I couldn't fit in the cab with the car and the wrecker. Right. And the only person to give me a drop home, you're going to have a funny laugh at this, <laughs> Scott Davis. You know Scott?
0: I don't, know.
2: D- d- don't worry about it. He, he's a different individual than when he was 30 years ago. <laughs> and all he came to the event in was on a ninja, a Kawasaki, a Kawasaki ninja. Saki, So yeah. having been in an accident, I then had to get on the back, back of this of- motorcycle to go home. <laughs> And it rained. Oh,
1: oh, nothing worse. Yeah, bad. Yeah, very very bad. bad. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, like true. Yeah. No, no, that's cool. Neil, um, you would always, you know, you talk about your first car. Did you want to track it at Bushy Park, or it was primarily for rally? Was what you wanted to do? Anything, anything. It didn't matter. Any. You did both. Absolutely. So, so I, I
2: ra- yeah, I raced at Bushy Park um, in in what was highly, highly competitive class in those days which now would be our equivalent of Clubman, which was a kind of standard class. Yep. So we changed the suspension of the car, put in proper seats, roll cage, so on and so forth, had to have a distinguisher, whatnot. But the class was really competitive. So in those days, Jeff Noel had one, exactly like that. Eddie Corbin eventually bought his. Um, Peter Thompson had one. This is Thompson that's come back running Yes, on yes. competing now, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Mark and our so kind. on, right? Yeah. Um, and it was about four or five of us in that class, essentially with identical cars. Uh, so it was highly competitive.
0: That's good racing. The car doesn't weigh anything. I mean, those, yeah. those original
2: forces weigh 800 kilos.
0: Yeah. So
2: it a it, it was good. And, and at the same time, besides the driving, I had actually, to answer your earlier question, a- anything, anything. I was up for anything. Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up co-driving as well in overseas events. That's another story.
1: How did you get involved in that? Uh,
2: again, because I was actually navigating <laughs> as well for, a- anyone, for anyone who that would wanted. have me in a car in the... Road events, so these safari type events. Mm-hmm. So I did rallies with Wayne King, Wayne Archer, who's competing now. At yeah, in the, for him
1: in the BMW right the now. Uh,
2: at the time, he had a Datsun one twenty Y. So it, it, anything was going, I, I was in, whether it was on the left hand seat or right hand seat or
1: what. You didn't, you didn't care. You just yeah. I can relate to
0: you know. that man. Just want to be in something fast and get Absolutely. That adrenaline. Absolutely. Yeah, we mm-hmm. were talking about it because it's like once you get once you get a taste of that. It, You know, you start to almost build up a tolerance and then things that perhaps would give other people adrenaline doesn't quite match up to or have the same response in you as it would. I mean, there's nothing quite like sitting in a rally car at a start line, giving that last tug on your harness, watching that clock tick to zero, and then for the next two to three, four, whatever minutes, it is, is, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, there's there's risk involved in motorsport, but there's just something that every single time you got those butterflies, you get those goosebumps, 100%. and then it is just nothing quite does it. I mean, I guess the same on track. Obviously, personally, the experience has been in rallying, but um, track racing. I'm sure having cars so close. To one Tra- track racing is mad. I mean, it's completely mental. I mean, when I did it
2: up there, it's it, yeah, it, it it's it's actually quite a different experience. Because, obviously, you're so focused in rallying on what you're doing, whether you're sitting in the co-driver's seat or driving itself. And there's, not, and there's not much else that's going on. No. <laughs> on the track, obviously, you're studying what you're doing, what everybody else is doing around you as yeah, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, y- nothing else enters your brain for as long as you're competing. That's true. Like,
1: Just focus. Exactly. Yeah. The rest focus.
2: of sliding off into the sea. <laughs> you're focused on what the hell is going on that's there true. around you on the track at that time. I actually find that part of it quite therapeutic. That yeah. singular focus, yeah. where nothing else exists for that period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly with the navigational rallying, I- if you do a rally like the Safari, the June Safari, which has been going over 50 years now continuously, that is that 36 hours. At the end of that, you feel as if you've left the planet for 36 Shh. hours. Like All you're studying is tulip diagrams and, and directional checks, and if you're on time or if you're not, Yeah. Wow. for 36 hours. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: And then you sleep for 36 hours after. Yeah, that. after that, you're wiped <laughs> out. as <That's> a <it>. Dog <laughs> day.
1: In terms of rally, Neil, when was the last time you uh, you participated in terms of dr- actually competing? One, driving, yeah. and then I guess navigating <coughs> as well because they're two different things for you.
2: Um, <clears throat> I think the last time I actually competed, as in drove quickly in a car against the clock, was about seven or eight years ago. Um, it was just after I'd sold my last rally car which was a Suzuki, I ended up driving basically for Simpson Motors products for for a number of years. Mm -hmm. They helped me out considerably initially. Uh, Yeah. And then I drove the Ignis I remember Okay, so like a three of them.
0: I was gonna gonna say my last memory of Neil my earliest memory of Neil in a rally car was the Corsa and for some reason it's taken me to Vaucluse. Yeah, well, had I really remember you and Andrew effect. Jones used to race horses. Yeah. You were yeah. at the same time, right? Yeah. Both he years? actually
2: bought my, my old Corsa. Right. And destroyed it properly at Vault. He had a
0: good little turnover there, yeah. Proper, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember He that. was
2: remarkably fast in that car. Yeah. Well, um, but the last time would have been, yeah, I think after I sold the last Suzuki. Was it the Ignis? Yeah. That was, uh, that was a strange car. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a great <laughs> idea, it didn't take off. Um, so the idea was to build a one mate championship uh, around this car, but the cars were quite boring to watch They weren't to drive. I was
1: gonna ask um, because be similar to the Swiss series they, I mean, yeah, but
0: for rallying basically Okay, yeah No, just, a, just everything. An the, actual, yeah, uh, that actual. car still rallies today. What's it it does, his name? It does um, um, uh, I can't remember his name no me neither, but all, all blue and white Ignis yeah. Yeah. in Clubman, okay? Yeah, in um, respect. It was his. Yeah. Okay, I remember it, yeah. <coughs> um, Always a bit boring to watch, but I'm sure I mean you're in a rally car, so I'm just, it's probably less yeah, boring. Yeah, than yeah,
2: yeah. It, to tell you the truth, it was, it was good to drive. So I, I, got, I got quite adept at the whole underpowered driving an underpowered car quickly and mm-hmm. kind of concept, which really just involves in picking lines to keeping your foot absolutely flat, Plenty. which uh, as a passenger... <laughs> It's a bit hair raising because you don't really have the power to get out of any potentially hazardous situations. Yeah, so you, so you kind of just hold on. Hope for the best. Um, but it's quite effective because the times then end up being a bit giant killing at certain points. Yeah. But the last car I drove quickly was actually Barry Gill's Evo six. He lent me it to do a car zero. Duty. He he had it for sale. The
0: car itself. This is a Group A 46 six. It actually
2: was a bit more in a Group A at the times. Okay. Um, wow. And that was an astonishing experience, because I had never driven anything particularly quickly, not in competition, outside of that I had, but not in competition. And it's, you know, dog box, bigger turbo. So he carried 300 horsepower plus, and I took um, Corey Reese, who takes pictures now, Mm -hmm. he navigated for me. it was all, I, all I remember was things happening very, very fast. Much faster like, it was Just so fast. Like, yeah. Not so much the terminal speed, just the way I had to do stuff in a car. Yeah. Um, it was a great experience. I, I still don't know why he lent me that car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe he wanted you to buy it. Uh, maybe he did, yeah. Maybe.
0: Yeah, just, take, just say it, just uh, smile and nod. So yeah, sure, I
2: got it, thanks. Actually, I think before that, um, same car, when it was in Group N trim, we actually went to Ireland, he and I we competed in the Corp twenty Court International no way. the Irish time Championship uh-huh. in that car. He shipped in England, went across and I co
0: drove for him.
1: Wow. Um that, must that have been was an a wild experience. I can imagine that was
0: wild. I can ima- that was a rally Absolutely. and a half up there too, boy. Yeah. Those Irish guys don't play.
1: They're that's not. a mixture of gravel and tarmac, or that's mud. What did, I mean, salt tarmac. All tarmac. Um, yeah. but, but they've
0: got that like extra grippy tarmac that has like chunks of rock in it, right? Absolutely. Because I mean, you see the escorts up there, and they come and down here, and there's two different cars. Oh man,
2: yeah. we, we you, yeah. it, Funny you should mention that because, of course, we, we're we're overseas drivers. You have me here, but Barry was pretty well touted before the event. Matt Clark, as in Ollie Matt Clark from Roger Clark fame, was looking after the car. Mm-hmm. So these guys they set us up, and so on we went there. And um, they had us actually uh, in a pretty high position before the event. So they had us seat as quite, seated quite high, within the top 20, I think it was. And uh, they had these escorts in and around us. And then there were they wanted two escorts that were just so sort of top 10. And I was looking at it going, What the hell? They're like how a dozen <laughs> yeah. WRC cars. How received. is the and, and how are the escorts? Oh, oh, we found out all right. <laughs> yeah. On the first day, when there were a few escorts behind us, And they just started climbing the field. So by stage three,
0: the times were unreal. Mm -hmm. They
2: were absolutely unreal. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Incredible machines they got over there. Stupid. Yeah. I love when they come down here for bar with us because. Absolutely. I mean, we got a lot of we got a lot of really nice two wheel drive cars here, but those um those escorts with the Melanthin diamonds in them and stuff are just it I mean incredible. 300 horsepower escorts with escort WRC rear ends paddle shit. I mean it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. insane I they're know. they're two wheel drive WRC cars absolutely basically weighing they are phenomenal. a lot less weighing a lot less yeah yeah, yeah sure. indeed
1: Neil you've done a lot. obviously you've traveled overseas and you've been a part of rally here what's your I mean, the best event you've ever taken part in or, you know, a, a big experience for you, whether it's International or Rally Barbados, tell me, you know, which is one of the biggest memories for you? The
2: best event i ever taken part in was, I think, 1993, uh, which at the time was the ESO Super Oil Mazda Rally in Jamaica. That was an astonishing thing. I can't even call it an event. It was an astonishing thing. 51 special stages over three days. Oh, my 51. God. Yeah.
0: All, loo- uh, loose. All, loose. All loose.
2: All gravel. Yeah. Blind. So, basically, I went there. No pace, no. No not, not a pace, no. No reccees. No. So Whoa. No. Blind event. So, <laughs> I went there with Alan Wilkie, and he was given a car uh, by the local Suzuki imported to our auto sales, uh, and we, we went there and did the event. I think it was the only time... My mother in particular, my parents, said, we, we're not sure about this decision that you're making here, uh, particularly with, at the time, Wilkes was quick. Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: quick. And you've been given a car, a bit of not mine syndrome comes Absolutely. into play. Absolutely.
2: And they had, <laughs> I think they had 24, 25 different four-wheel drive cars and we're in this two-wheel drive Swift, albeit it was modified. Mm-hmm. Had on proper um, Suzuki Sport suspension. It was a pretty well-set up car. I think I had nine or ten stages on the Friday. Uh, We started Friday midday from National Stadium. By the end of Friday night, we were fifth overall.
1: So he was moving too.
2: It was nuts. And the thing about Alan, right, at the time was he doesn't remember anything. So he remembers nothing. So we do loops of stages. So you do stages twice usually. The second round, you have a clue what he had done. And he's driving entirely on what I'm telling him. So I've got a trip in a car and uh, I'm I'm literally counting down mileages to when and telling him when he has to turn. And I'm reading the notes as in the tulip and basically calling when the corners are coming and what's happening. And he was driving completely and entirely on what I was telling him. No quarter, no hesitation. Oh my goodness. <laughs> complete confidence <laughs> of what I'm telling him. Well the first stage, I gave him a wrong note. We turn right when I'm in a quarry. It's off the stage. <laughs> completely wrong. Completely and <laughs> utterly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> after that, we, we kind of gained a momentum, yeah. and, and honestly, it, it was it was probably, you say a memorable experience, it was the most memorable experience I've ever had in a, in a competition car, for sure, mm-hmm. um, either driving or navigating, mm-hmm. but it's one at the time whereby it was a mixture of everything, complete and utter fear, like just terrified, exhaustion, just the, the whole gamut of everything. I mean, honestly, we could spend next hour of me telling you stories about that. About that they one, they right. threw the car away at the end. <laughs> we, <and> then <laughs> we trashed it. The whole shell. They took everything out Listen, We need threw the shell away. We need the doors have, didn't shut. The entire footage, shell was
0: kinked.
1: I need footage of this. We need to,
0: we're going to have to have you back for like a separate storytelling, like in a rally storytelling session. I, because to me, honestly, hearing stories about, not only from you, but just, you know, throughout the rally community, hearing stories like about motorsport, r- rallying in particular, um, from like the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. was just those are those are the at no least worries. in Barbados those just are the glory days. But but, but you know it,
2: it's it's incredible because at the time that event and rallying in Jamaica was very much the pinnacle mm-hmm. of the region for sure. Jamaica, yeah, absolutely. The, the the level of cars they had, the investment, the sponsor investment. They had some guys come down from the SCCA in the states who actually helped set that event, and the event itself had. Big names. I mean, David Llewellyn, who at the time was one of the British champions, yeah, yeah, he yeah, came yeah, across huge. and competed. Yeah. He was actually on that route. Oh, wow! Um, and one of the guys, I think one of the guys, um, the Japanese national champion was competing as well. They had two or three cars on the event that were built by Rod Millen from New Zealand. I mean, it was they, they, it was it was, it huge. was nuts yeah. exactly. And we then through Rally Barbados here. Um, which is what it became after the Texco
0: International. We're gonna get to that next, right? Yeah, <laughs> we come in. The, it
2: it, it, it kind of tr- on the back of those events and what was happening here, and then the demise of Bushy Park. Uh, it kind of became more of a thing here, and and the the, the stage rallying kind of took off from there. Um, yes, those days were all like it was all quite new. The whole stage rallying thing, and mm-hmm. as I said, Jamaica were absolutely out front and doing what they did, um, but. The nineties with the Texaco and the early two thousands, it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. I mean I don't know if I have that like perspective because that was when I was coming up around Motorsport and those are the you know, those are my early days, those are what that's what I remember. But I mean when you sit and hear some stories from the drivers, you know, when you sit and like hear Roger Hill and them talk about those days are Roger Skeet and um, I mean rallying was just, just different. And, and I, those are the early days of like the, when the mirror started coming out. Maybe that was a bit later, but right. So I'll we'll transition to all here, that
1: because obviously I came much later to this. But I always hear about the glory days of how big rally was. I guess maybe in the late nineties, early two thousands is when it was really taking off. Or I mean, tell me a little bit about how you said Jamaica was the biggest in the region, but obviously Barbados has taken over that. Surely, yes. So when did that shift? take place so, so
2: it, it it was quite interesting because uh, following on from those big and, and they were they ran them three years in a row that Esso Super Oil Mazda Rally in Jamaica mm-hmm. which was this big behemoth uh, thing uh, and it was like a Llewellyn likened it the safari and uh, this was this early
0: day. 90s yeah this is like so 92, 93, so 94 so we were 95. so testicle all stage in Barbados mm-hmm. existed then just after so mm-hmm.
2: in and around that same time we ran our first all stage rally I think it was in 1990 or 1989 right uh, which was a short one-day event. Um, uh, and then it, it kind of transitioned into the Texco mid-90s, towards okay. the end of the 90s. Okay. Um, yeah, because what happened then was the Jamaica guys, they had they moved towards Group A cars, and um, we had several Group A cars, and it kind of peaked out here in the early 2000s again with all the Group A cars, and I had a number of Jamaicans come over and compete here, Gary Gregg, Jeffrey Pannon in the early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Selica um, yeah, exactly. This was pre selica or not? It. Yeah, dude, yeah, he had a celica. I remember that. Um, and it was, it, it was they had a lot of guys here competing in very similar machinery, which made for a very competitive kind of sharp end to the sport. By this time, uh, a number of the um, older Bushy Park specials had kind of gone to the wayside. So Roger Skeet had bought his, I think, first escort, escort. Cosworth. So, so that was kind of going on. And I think then is when it kind of peaked out. The early days of tech school were quite remarkable uh, in that we had these specials driving at Bushy Park and driving in stage rallying here and so on and so forth. But the event itself was well, it still is a sprint event, but it was much more of a sprint event okay I mean, I hear some of my stage commanders whom I'm very close now because of the organizational aspect of what I'm involved in. They tell me about about moving entire crews from from stage to stage there was no looping you yeah. finish the stage then they move to another stage you set it up and then the cars came and then they ran that i mean it, it's, it's <laughs> all a bit agricultural yeah. Yeah. A bit amateur very yeah. much whereas like the jamaica event it was like a full professional type thing right um so i think we moved towards that late 90s early 2000s uh and then it it, it kind of went it kind of went downhill and, and the racing, what with Barl taking over Bushy Park, kind of went up in ascendancy again towards the end of the 2000s.
1: Is this when I've seen footage of like Roger Skeet dragging the Escort up the highway? Because I've seen footage of this kind that, of thing. That would
2: have happened in parallel. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so at, the, at the time, the racing at Bushy Park came back in a big, big way. Um, and there was a lot more emphasis in terms of people building cars. N- the rallying was still going on, mm-hmm. but I would have said it was not... It, it was still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were still running Tesco International. And then they pulled out as a sponsor. And there was a kind of a major kind of shake-up with what was what going y- on. Uh, what
1: year was that? I you remember? remember.
2: I, I remember the meeting, uh, <laughs> being, going in and being told that, but yeah.
1: Right, so I think we're crossing over a little because I wanted to find out when you shifted from competing to organizing.
2: Uh, as soon as I saw the last rally car. Right, so this so, was so
1: this during this time, this time? 2000s. Or?
2: Yeah, so I, I would have competed all through those later years of the tech school, the early years as well. Um, and then, yes, when, when Saul really came in, mm-hmm. and I would say that Barry Gale, my former driver, or still my driver, because I actually won a navigational championship with him. <laughs> um, he driving, I am in the other seat. He was really the architect of what we now know as the modern Raleigh Barredos. And he took it on like with a kind of a, a religious fervor. Uh, and he put in place a whole set of different systems and guidelines, and we learned from our experience in Ireland. And there were a whole set of things that we did to bring the event really up to what? kind of international spec okay and that then changed how people perceive uh i think the sport it helped build on the fact that you could come here and compete and and this is already on the back of things like in the early days rally carnival which then (coughs) uh, stopped being rally carnival and just was then rally Barbados, which the club then took over in its entirety Mm -hmm. uh, and we then promoted it and worked with it and i then have seen another peak so I think the 2015 to like 2017 to 18 was people don't realize it, and it was probably take a few years for you look back with kind of rose tinted goggles.
0: But this, this huge Massive. Huge, yeah.
2: No. I, yeah. Yeah. I huge. Absolutely huge involvement in terms huge. of growth of the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, spectators back to kind of numbers that we see, mm-hmm. um, and and people argue with me about that. Oh, well, they'd never be how they were in the late '90s, early 2000s when the Jamaicans are coming here and well, the glory days of the school. But the spectating has changed. Yeah. So whereas in those days people used to go to like one spot. Yes. All very pasta. much so. Very much. Now, mm-hmm. and it, and it's it's societal. Yeah. Four x fours, pickups. Yes. Before it was cars driving to event. Now, now people just go everywhere and they go all. And I know this from being an organizer and driving through the courses just before the stages are green lit mm-hmm. and. I'm astonished. There's, there's no gaps. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just people.
1: Right. Well, we're going to get into some of the yeah. rally Barbados talk yes. next. We're just going to take a quick break and yep. we're going to be right back.
0: Are we back to it. Lot? Yeah, we're okay. back.
1: So, I guess what we should do is talk about Rally right, Barbados, and you were talking about the those glory years that 2015 through 2017, where you had a lot of international drivers. How did that all come about? The the John Josephs, the uh, Elfin Evans, and things like that. Chris How, Meek. Chris Meek. too well, right, which was before. Well, so, I right. say 2008,
2: 2009 is when Chris came. Chris came. Yeah, that was earlier, and, and and that was that was fully intentional. So that was a some modern part. It was a very woke decision on the part of the club at <laughs> that time. Was that. We we that the event needed to have a, a larger profile, both locally and internationally. And for us, the way to do that would be to attract someone that we felt would give us that profile. Yeah. Um. So we put together a package through some local sponsors here, and Chris came in and uh, he won the rally in 2008. Listen, man, that
0: will go down as one yeah, of he my absolute favorites. Um,
1: he, Roger Hill's correct. Old, uh, Corolla. The, oh, yeah, yeah, the and Corolla,
2: then yeah. in 09, he
0: drove a Subaru. Um, he drove the absolute shit out of that Corolla. Yeah, yeah. I will never forget that. I've never seen anybody unfair a car yeah. like that. I mean, that will that sticks in my memory like nothing else. He really unfaired it.
1: Did he bring his Navi or did he have yeah. somebody? Yeah, no, no.
0: He had was, had his, Paul he Naval had his came. Yep. Right.
2: Um, who continued with him for years. Right. Uh, they have recently, only within the last two years, Seb Marshall is um, Chris's current team. navigator. Right. Um, Paul is currently navigating or for Elfin Elf Elf. Evans. No, no. Um, Craig Breen. Craig
1: Breen. Breen right. Who is, who's no nice. seat, who didn't have a seat last year. He has fishing. a seat now with Hyundai, And actually, right. the,
2: their return to the World Ride Championship, the two of them are entered as an official works entry. There you so right. go. That's great. We're
1: right. going to get to that, I yeah. think, because I want to hear your thoughts on some WRC talk. Um, so, right, so it was growing, obviously, with uh, meat. <clears throat> and then, is that when the crowd levels were at, were at the highest at that point, would you say? Is that what?
2: No, not initially. I, I would say that, well, those years, yeah, we kind of went through a flat spot in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, roughly. And then, when Chris came, we then started to do some very different things. So, we had that mad, super special at Bushy Park, yes. at the Preconco Bridge. And and there was stuff that they were then doing the route, which was quite different. It's hard to believe it's almost what well, it is—not almost. Twenty years ago now, um, but that was very much a launch pad uh, for for some real good events during that time. <clears throat> Seven, eight, nine, because yeah, Gary Greg would have come here with his focus then as well with monster sponsorship. Yes, and yes. Th- th- there was, a, a, and then it it kind of it, it I wouldn't say it struggled. It kind of tapered off a bit then. Then it picked back up again, as I said, like fifteen, sixteen, with John Joseph and, and fellas coming and panting and most of those guys then shifting, Paul Bird coming in his car. I mean, same we'll, we'll, Craig Green
0: came. No, Alvin Evans came Elf in a hard fight. Came. That was two years ago, though. That was three years, three ago. years
2: ago. Yeah, that's either like sixteen or seventeen is when he. Which came. Which is a
1: huge coup. I mean, Alvin is yeah. now you know. Yeah, the amount the amount
2: of press that he brought. Yeah, I was going through that recently actually with when we announced that and a number of different news organizations that carried that over the following two or three days was astonishing. Um, and we have found that that's worked very well for us, is having, like, th- there's no, I, I, I was in the service area of Wales Rally GB two years ago, and I met with the clerk of the course at the time um, to j- discuss some things, and I was there actually to meet the Rally Safe guys from Australia. And uh, it, it's incredible when you, I don't know any of these people, But when you actually, and I was there with Bex Williams going through the service areas, this is prior to, so there were no spectators around. It was Friday night, so there there was nothing going on. Um, Thursday night. And it's incredible when you meet these guys like Latvila, and and they'll have heard of our event. Mm. They all know about our event already. As soon as you mention it, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, that event. I I heard about that event. Crazy. In the Caribbean, right? They all know about it. Mm -hmm. But all of that is a product, as I said, of, of those. Or 15 years previous, whereby these very big name drivers would either associate themselves, come and see. Because don't forget, we actually had Bjorn Voldegard, who's yeah, I remember that. For, he came and competed. Mm-hmm. Um, Didier Oriol came yep. as a guest Oriel? one time, yeah. Wow. He didn't compete, he just came as a guest, right. although he, he also gave him the keys. Yes, to he got the Corolla. Corolla, which at the time had still belonged to um, a Trinidadian guy, uh, who's right, got clean on my head at the moment, anyway. He also did, John the, Paul, yes. Uh, and he drove around Vaucluse and, and the crowd went yeah. mad wow. but th- yeah I mean it, it, it all added towards what you're saying and then I, I would have said that yeah we went through this incredible period between 15 and kind of and, and to now uh, this year obviously was going to be probably one of the biggest highlights um, and of course we had COVID
0: yeah. anyway. we're going to get to this year we're in a second but I want to I want to backtrack one second because one. I think um, this it seems as though I mean Barbadians in general. I, mean, I guess you could you could say the whole Caribbean, but Barbadians in particular seem to have this like never-ending thirst for motorsport, and it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> although I suppose no, it appears to matter more than others. I was gu- and I was going to say that it doesn't matter whether it's track racing or rallying, but I think that's shifted a bit now because I still think. Based on crowd and who turns up to events, that that rallying seems to draw more uh, more crowd attention than than track racing does right now. That could be for a number of different reasons, but there seems to be this never-ending thirst. Bajans have for rallying, and and especially when the rally club is is able to bring in such huge international names, um, you know, for us we we almost take it for granted because. There's, I mean, we don't. We get the chance to see to have these. Not only do we have incredible local talent, but we have these overseas competitors that come here with usually very good machinery, and an uh, endless supply of talent, and we get to see them compete on our roads. And there's not many people around the world that get that. to see that. And yeah. we're a little tiny rock in the Caribbean Sea. It's actually incredible. That you, you,
2: you, you're quite right, and it's it's bizarre. I find it bizarre. I. I f- I find the whole dynamic bizarre, but you know that's a bit how rallying is. So r- rallying is—it's a far more um, tight knit, familial type environment than generally racing is. And mm-hmm. I, I used to go to a lot of racing when I was university in, in the UK. A lot, almost every single weekend, I'd be at Brands Hatch or Silverstone or Donington or Thruxton, or just watching racing. And it's—it's it's a very different dynamic. It's not that it's you know people aren't friendly to one another. It's just a very different dynamic, and I find that the the rallying fraternity uh, is much closer or closely connected, uh, so that people talk with everybody, and if you know so and so, you'll know so and so, and there's no problem in being introduced to so and so. And people are very accessible.
1: Talk yeah. so internationally as well, yeah. right? As an international community, not just Caribbean. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I mean, we we I, I'm going to throw some things out here that you mm-hmm. all would not probably know. But for instance, for our anniversary event, we were in touch with Ari Vatnin. And and this just came out of someone. We were exchanging emails with the man about coming out and you know, being a guest person on the event and so on and so forth. And it was, it was, it was easy. It was like if you know, mm-hmm. you'd known him your whole life and it was no problem. You're not dealing with it through kind of interpreters or agents yeah, or whatever. Yeah. This is the person. Um, similarly, like, well, Ken Block's slightly different. But Ken Block, well, Ken Block, Ken in a, I mean, its just phenomenal in terms of PR and media. Um, and media, and yeah. we, know, get, we knew that getting him here and doing that deal would have been a, a big deal. Um, but you're talking about local guys and coming here. I mean, sh- all, 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 all these fellas wanted to happen was that spectators and competitors, liked to see him go up short sale on that. And to see the two-wheel drive car just put licks in it. Mm-hmm. That's that. that that's <laughs> not it. Just, just licks. That. does. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
1: Definitely. I mean, you, you want to talk? about I want to talk about. Well, he mentioned Ken, okay. so it's. It's. I think it's time okay. to, to ask. You know the questions of, how did that come about? Was it that they reached out? Was it you, you guys yeah. reached out? How does that come about for Barbados? I mean, so
0: uh, me, just before that though. Yeah. This, sure. This the, this year Rally Barbados was. This is the 30th anniversary of Rally Barbados.
2: Um, it is the 30th anniversary, so it would have been 35th. 35. Did I get a number wrong? 31st running. No, no. The 30th anniversary was
0: Mm
2: -hmm. the 30th running of the event was 2019. Okay. The 30th anniversary, because of course you call anniversaries one year on. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's actually this year. Right. Right. But I knew it was a
0: a in quote special year. It is. If 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 you're married, all of us are married. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, good to remember that <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> don't worry Michelle will 100% not be watching this so that's yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, so, so yeah you, you, your first anniversary is after one year yes that's, okay so it, it's just a strange quirk I'm reminded of it by our, and, and he's, he's having most of the time Robin Bradford who is a particular on these kind yes. of things mm-hmm. and he's a bit as a UK anorak Okay. Uh, so he, he keeps all the facts and figures and knows how these things work, but yeah, I mean it it was this year. It was, was full, yeah. The point is, you guys had year.
0: and and we know from back end dealings that yeah. you know the the club and and there was big plans for Rally Barbados this year, and it was go, it was lining up to be a yeah. very very special event, and the little cherry on top of the cake was Ken Block is coming yeah. with Cosy World Tour, yeah. and shit. Just went mad when this it was, was announced. The escort. He was yeah, the yeah, he yeah. was bringing really an escort. So the you know. they,
2: they had reached
0: out to us, right? Um, I, mean, I mean, that's it, right? Yeah, you know, you reach. You're look, yeah. you go, look, give y'all, but, but give jack- was, jacket. Was, y'all reach. Y'all have, y'all have. And it's, I know it's not just you, but you play a big part in this. But to 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 have to spend so much time and effort over the last how many ever years building this rally bar, this brand into what it is today, that you now have a global superstar, like Ken Block, and his team, because I'm sure he didn't message you, hey, Neil, I won't come No, was no
1: but. was it based off his schedule, or he knew about, obviously he'd been here before through Rallycross. Yes. Um, was it the fact that he wanted to be here, it just worked perfectly with his schedule? Because so I know he was, he was in Mexico, and then he was due to come here, correct?
2: The, the scheduling was not really, it was they identified the event as just good media. So that, that's just how they operate. Man. I mean, there's like good backdrop, know about the event. Um, the guy that runs his team, um, he's an English guy. Uh, and he he knew about the event as well. So he would understand from being in that English, that well, it was a well-run event. I know these people aren't gonna go here. and it's gonna be some you know, really chaotic mm-hmm. nonsense where you see times 33 years later and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And safety-wise and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, so yeah, he he reached out to us and. And then it was a case of trying to make the deal work based on what he wanted. Uh, where he can you share stay. some of that? Well, I,
0: I appreciate to, you can't share everything, but to, yeah. to just, to, truth, give, just it, to give just to give us a bit more insight it, into it, it, it's
2: it's interesting because I I guess being in the business as you are, mm-hmm. you, you understand what kind of a media machine he is, uh, and you understand okay, this guy is coming, but but it. It really dawned on me until I st- and it didn't really dawn on me until I actually saw the numbers, and it was like, okay, you you're coming. At how many people? So twenty six people, and half of those is media. So half of those just film crew. This person, it's crazy that right? again. Crazy, so, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it it literally is. It, it, it's the whole crew. machine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he has like seven or eight guys just to work on a car.
1: Right, but the rest is well, I Yeah, mean, I mean, then, his, like, his
2: mechanic, the engineers, are actually It's just crazy by the by
1: media. Let's oh, yeah, sure. be fair; the Hoonigan, its a media. It is a media machine. It's a media yeah. company. Definitely. That's what I mean. The then he was the coming side. here with
2: his wife and his three kids, so they were going to make a holiday out of it. So and it fit in well to his schedule as well, like actually doing that, coming here for two weeks, making a holiday out of it. Um,
0: that's the other thing—he was doing King of the Hill and Rally Barbados, yes. oh, which a lot of people and, knew. And,
2: and to tell you the truth, he, even though I was dealing with it. Through his people, mm-hmm. um, he, they were fairly easy. Like They were fairly easy to, uh, to, like, yeah, yeah, Ken will do that, that's a problem. We, we put forward, I mean, you saw the documents. They were quite detailed documents into, we thought, we'd, if we're going into this, we need to kind of spell out what it is we want him to do. And we need to do it professionally, well packaged, you know, so it doesn't look as if we've just woken up out of bed and decided to hold a rally. So, and, and that got a good response. Uh, and I think he felt comfortable. As he does, I mean, one of the guys, the guy that actually, his main kind of guy that, I guess, manages him, said, look, once you, once we're not trying to over-promise, um, over, over, over promise, Ken will over-deliver. So don't ask, and he, honestly, he'll just stay there all night if he needs to, and you don't don't worry about that part. And, and I, I generally get that, because, I mean, I, I had some interaction with him during, um, when he was here for Radicross. and yeah, I mean he spent an hour and a half one afternoon just in the pits and bunch parts, signing posters and yeah. It was complete yeah and, and, I, and I think you 're quite right your comment earlier about being are spoilt with this stuff we kind of forget and it 's like when Lewis was here mm. you kind of forget they when him in in pits, and he might get out of a cart having just done some laps with some kids, and you kind of forget that when you see him on TV in an f1 environment it 's like people are running around like. Mm. You yeah. second coming of Christ, and and, <laughs> and, and and it's it's a bit like that. It's it, but when you're here, people just and maybe, maybe that's what attracts people. To I think
1: it, it is. I think it I is. Think yeah. it is. I, I think we have this ability really here where people don't fuss. Exactly right. There's not like with the Rihanna. There's not that much fuss. They no. tend to let people act accordingly or ha- yeah. how they want to. I think yeah, yeah. which I like. Same. I, think, I, think, I yeah. think they like it too. I think celebrities genuinely like coming here.
2: Absolutely. But before, before I, one of the points you made earlier, I think it's really important to make though, is that one of the reasons I think for the health of rallying here and the event, this is kind of a broader comment, and the reason again why somebody like um, Ken would reach out to us, I guess, and look here, and why we're having ongoing conversations the whole time with current WRC drivers, some who are w- without a drive and some who do have a drive. Um, wanting to come and compete here, is also the nature of local motorsport, and the fact that it's solid, and the fact that we do actually have a really enthusiastic, not only competing base, but sponsor base, as Mm -hmm. in support-wise, and spectator base, and that atmosphere thing, and how you interact with locals, and so on and so forth, is a huge factor in all of this, huge factor. You can go and rally anywhere, um, and certainly the stages here are not the best. I mean, I have much better stages than what we can offer here based on our size. Heaven forbid the state of the roads, I shouldn't even mention that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but ultimately, it is about the atmosphere, it's about, uh, and the competing base, the fact that the guys that compete here are, are actually seriously good at what they do, not mm-hmm. only in terms of car preparation, but driving, driving. I mean, my idols growing up were people like Freddie Mac. I don't know if you ever heard it. He used I know to the run name. He ran a workshop up behind us and he used to have a, a Lotus Twin Cam Escort. So it's a Mark II with a Lotus engine in it. And, and he, he, as far as I can tell, Freddie Mac was God to me in the 80s. I mean, never mind my father was competing. It's Freddie Mac.
0: Yeah. Uh, Is that
1: based on driving style driving or Driving style, yeah. the
2: fact that this guy in this red escort could take on and beat all comers, you know, in the early days of speed events in the 80s. Um, and then before that it was like, yeah, busy, uh, Lincoln Waterman at Bushy Park back in the early '70s. But it's that competing base. It's actually having basically our own heroes and our own like, strong performers. Yeah. He's like, listen, he's like, an Erica Drive here. I, I, I'm not joking. You, you, you take, and, it's, and it's all the way down. It's not just Barry and Roger.
0: No, of course not.
1: No, no.
2: It's people like Jamal Brathwaite. And, right. and I mean, some of these guys, honestly, these guys can pedal. Yeah. Like, seriously.
1: I mean, who's your, yeah, if you could pick somebody now who you really like to follow in terms of driving style, who, who sticks out for you right now that competes? Internationally? No. I'm talking Locally? about, yeah.
2: I think, I think we have a lot of talent here that's, that's um, not recognized. And some guys who don't have the funds to do it,
0: that's, right. the part, yeah. that, that's, that's the hard part, man. That's the hard part.
2: part. I actually had this conversation recently, actually, with somebody, and uh, there are a couple of people that have kind of um, uh, slipped through the cracks that I, I would have loved to have seen in in quicker, faster machinery. I mean, notwithstanding, we're missing someone like Trevor Manning, for instance. Yeah. Um, but um, Cody, Mark. Cody Mark, yeah. Listen to me. Yeah. It was fast. You hear? Yeah. Um, white head. Alex, listen to me. Th- these are boys with yeah. like a serious, serious natural talent, serious natural talent, like Jeff Elliott natural talent kind of style. Uh, Justin Campbell, I think, is enormously talented. I would love to see Justin in an R5 car, actually. Mm. Love to see him. I in think an Justin, R5 Justin
0: car. would like to see himself in an R5 car. Yeah,
1: who wouldn't? I know, right? Yeah, so I mean, touching on the R5, obviously, this year. A lot of people have changed vehicles. I mean, I don't know how many we have now. I see Panson and Robson have WRC Fiestas parked just here, down at Bushy Park. Yeah. Is this a shift that you see? Obviously, it's in the rally world internationally, the shift towards the R5s um, based on, I guess, cost. and I don't know what Afforda- Affordable uh, WRC well, cars. Well, affordable for us, but yeah, but yeah. internationally. Yeah. I mean, what do you think that will do for the likes of rally bar races or just rallying in general?
2: um it it has been it has been quite amazing actually seeing it so we've seen more uh investment and development in rallying despite the economic situation i'm not talking about currently as in the last five months because it's obviously an aberration Mm -hmm. prior to covid than we have in 10 years Um, the investment in in the same r5 platforms which you're quite right to write the check initially is eye-watering uh but ultimately from everything we know cars are Inexpensive to run, yeah, they are, and the development's done. So once you've, once you drive it, and you don't prang it. The reality is, it's tires and fuel, and it's up to the driver. Yeah, uh, yeah, rebuilds, but the rebuilds are, you know, gearbox, suspension, all those drivetrain components and parts. Yeah, it, it's far more miles you can put on them, like a, than a WRC. Car yes, honestly. yeah, and the replacement obviously is not insane. So where that goes. It, it really is quite incredible
0: where it is no uh
2: between that and the Bemaup, which has been quite quite an astonishing I, thing
0: i think honestly I think those that that BIM-A-Cup, those cars that those have to be. The I mean, that is the best bang for butt you can get there, right? It you're it talking about 30-odd thousand Bajan yeah, dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have yourself a car, and you're now competing in a group with everybody else that has the exact same car as yeah. you. So, I mean, this comes more back or less. to what? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's give or a take spent, a, little a little bit. more money That's on suspension bit. than others, Fair enough. But, yeah. Give or take a little bit. Yeah. They're, they're a lot closer yeah. than you would find in other groups.
2: No, for sure, for sure. So, so you have this, and it's, it's that mix as well, which is so healthy. So you've got this incredible, essentially um, standard class, which has taken off and is doing you know, very well from a com- competitive perspective, as in the guys love driving them. I think, I think promotional-wise, there's more work to be done there, but driving and so on, top-notch, um, and the whole experience. And it's brought guys back in.
0: That, oh, yeah. That, that had stopped. You Warren, Neil Armstrong, yeah, yeah. Michael I mean, yeah. Worm is yeah. no... Well,
2: well, Neil it was Neil a one-off. Uh, I'm not or sure.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know if okay. that's his. I'm not sure. He's
2: another person I'd like see in an R5 car. My word, he would rock one. Anyway, I'm sure, again, same thing. I'm sure he would like to see himself in an R5. The, the, the R5 thing, obviously, yes, it, it's, it's a major investment. But you're quite right. We now have five on the island, which will be competing. Another two regionally. Um, so we have a class of seven or eight cars, which is
0: extraordinarily healthy.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then, in addition, you still have. Uh, the quick two-wheel-drive cars knocking around, which, uh, you know, despite what everybody says about them, they are remarkable feats of engineering. The fact is they bring the spectators out. They do bring the spectators Mm -hmm. out. And that, from a promotional aspect and from a promoter aspect, uh, is fantastic because you have this incredible rich uh, entry. And and that's what the overseas journalists say when they come. So that's one of the, the key things that we've followed up and tried to push... Over the last four or five years, it's actually not not so much uh, the getting the big name drivers to come; it's big name media, mm. uh, and that that has that's made proved to be huge dividends for us. Mm-hmm. So we have WRC live crew here. We've got independent journalists and people who are following the event, writing about it, spreading the word. That is proved to be a rip. <laughs> and when they come, that's the thing that blows them away: yeah. It's atmosphere, crowd. And the level of participation and the, the, the breadth of the machinery. Machinery,
1: on the because, yeah, I think I've seen a lot of articles in the UK talking about the homologation, the rules in the UK, which basically prohibit Correct. all of this, you know, basically what we're doing. Yeah. But how they're saying how amazing that this event really is, yeah. and everybody needs to come and do it, which I think is great. I want to touch on one thing first. And I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this. All these people buying R5s in this class, which is going to be incredible. Why Panton and Swan go in the WRC route just to be quicker?
0: Yeah. It's gotta
1: be, right? I saw I I it I they just if you want to win amazing if they were all in the yes. same class. Uh, to, to some degree. I mean, uh, again, from from a, from a spectator point of view, that's what I want to see. Really? Yes. I, well, this is I want to see Panton and Swan against Saul. I want to see it in the same This is the same point
0: Maloney. Exactly. This is the same point I was going to make. I was gonna say that, you know, although I agree with you, our two, the two wheel, 72 wheel drive cars we have here are insane. And I've been fortunate enough to go in one or two of them. And they're even more insane <laughs> when you get inside <laughs> of them. It's true. But to me, those that those those that caliber of car has never really been fair. And I mean that in the sense of is is um as a spectator or as a as a motorsport fan, it is always more fun to watch people race in equipment that is closer in terms of ability. I think as a and as a purist, maybe no, but I mean, hear me out. We you see it right curious. now. You see it. Maybe that we might, are. Maybe but this, that's is Beamer, this is why I love this is why I love bimmer This is why I love the idea of having so many R fives here now. And <clears throat> I suppose you could make the argument for WRC as well. But to me. I wish, with, I'm with James, I wish Swan and Dane Skeet and um, Panton all had R5 cars. I know R5 is the, is the, is the top of the mountain as far as, um, as far as four-wheel drive cars here. And they're all competing on that platform because that is far more exciting. Now you have three what, WRC, have three cars, WRC cars, cars right and a Which bunch of R5s. Dane
1: in the Subaru and then the two, Rob Swan yeah. and Panton.
0: And to me, it's like, okay, cool, fine. But how much better would it be if we had 11 R5s? Well, it might <coughs> happen anyway. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying that think, to me, think, like as a okay purist, whatever. But you tell me your side.
1: Well,
2: I, th- I think I think from a from a club perspective, obviously yeah. we, we did look into that. Yeah, you know, three years ago, the club looked at going on a road of basically making the R five class a pinnacle uh, in terms of our regulations in Barbados Rada Club,
0: and that probably wasn't a very fun conversation.
2: Well, it it went out there and there was lots of knocking around, lots of kicking around. People got on board and people changed their minds and there was 180s. But the club eventually decided that, as we've done for 50-odd years, to let water find its own level. You know what? We're not going to basically put regulations or regulate against XYZ. We're going to keep the classes and where it goes, where it goes. If WRC dies off and no one has the money to invest in it, then fair enough. Uh, that's what that's what will happen. And essentially, I think it's been the right decision rather than basically regulating that R5 is Fair the enough. top class. Because it does allow us um, to have uh, a sharp end, which at the moment anyway, can be a, uh, a place where anything up to 2016 in terms of the BRC car can come and compete. And there are a lot of them knocking around. Yeah, there are. And there are a lot of Clubman people still driving them. I mean, so uh, for, for, for the event this year, which has obviously been postponed, and now we won't see the level of entry that we were Normally going we to can. see outside of COVID, um, we're going to miss at least two of those cars, um, 2016 cars, so the 1600 WRC cars. Um, possibly three that we would have had. So we would have likely have had an entry of six or seven okay. at the sharp end, uh, but we would have had 14 or 5 cards. Yeah, you see. That is the money. What, what with the, the, the <coughs> series, the FIA series right. that we had attracted. Yes. Because they were bringing another four. Um, would have been six. And Citroens and all kinds of stuff. So it, it, it's... I, I I still go back to... I, I, I like the polyglot of stuff. I, I like the fact that there's... There's lots of different things. I, I actually do like the fact that these guys have invested in the absolute sharp end and I these mean, cars.
1: We're talking you're talking massive amounts of money yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, right. We're going to take a break and we're going to do the lo- our last 10 minutes Perfect. right now. Okay, cool. And we're back. Get my head around up. So, we're back. Yeah. Um... Obviously, with the postponement of Rally Barbados this year, we do have dates, though, correct? Yes. So, you want to share with us what those dates are? Yeah, so are? the
2: 1st of October and 1st of November, so Saturday and Sunday. Okay. No more Friday night.
0: No more Friday night.
1: Okay. So Reasoning?
2: Reasoning is actually mostly economic. Okay. Um, it, it costs a lot to run the event, basically almost in the same as almost a full day to run it on a Friday night. It's quite
0: fast. I was going to say, just as a, as a quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I don't think... And I mean, may we take this for granted again, because we're involved in the back end a little bit as well. I know where you're going. But I don't think people understand how much Raleigh Barbados costs. Oh, bucks. my God. It costs
2: just south there of dollars There you go.
0: You know what I mean? That's significant, man. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's, yeah. I, I don't like thinking about it's, it too it's much. It's quite a feat. I, I don't like thinking about it too much. It scares the bejesus out of me, to be <laughs> quite honest, when he realizes that, like, that kind
0: of money. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, so that's no, no, Rally it's it's I mean, all it's good. 2020. it's 2020, no Friday night, we're starting Saturday but morning.
1: But that's obviously, I'm just going back to the money there, that's obviously your credit to your own success, because surely it didn't start that way, no. surely it's because of how big this event has gotten, yeah, because and, and of and the, the Rally Club. I mean, it's a real production you yeah, all and put and on. to
2: tell you the truth, we've added on stuff, so, so the, the event itself, we fine-tune and fine-tune and fine-tune, and that's come through experience, we didn't get it ready first time, Off for hell. The story I told earlier about Jeff Avell, my stage commander's moving entire stage crews to do the next stage. So, yeah, I mean, just in terms of scheduling, getting better with running, the, the adeptness of our marshals, timing crews, safety on the event itself, all, all of those things. And we've, we haven't done this by ourselves either. We, we've been smart. So we brought in people who've assessed the event. Uh, Sue Sanders, who is... Um, at one of the FIA safety reps, and is actually the FIA safety office, I believe, for Wales Rally GB, like the primary person. She came in and assessed our event, I think it's 15, the 14, 16, and uh, she wrote us a big long report, what we need to fix. And uh, she gave us like a seven out of 10, mm-hmm. but there were things you need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's me really instrumental. Um, but yeah, Friday night, so Friday night we've decided, yeah, let's, let's, Go back to essentially what the event was actually in its early days, which is a two-day rally, uh, 19 special stages Saturday and Sunday. Um, not sure whether Saturday night will have any night stages yet. Um,
0: Come on, bring a night stage.
1: Not
2: not sure. Not sure. It, it depends when we start in the morning and what what we have. I love it's a night stage. The, I
1: mean, probably into Bushy Park would be the.
2: Well, we, we don't would be the best the, for that. The the, the, part, the, the inclusion of. The circuits is still a question mark, what we have, so we, ha- we ha- essentially we had to throw out the rally from May. Uh, so we've reset a rally, um, but in doing so, what it's done is provided us with some opportunities. One, because we anticipate a lower entry, because we won't get, based on the uncertainty around COVID, we won't get the depth of Clubman support that we would out of Europe. Mm-hmm. We are getting some entries, which is great. And they're actually quite high profile entries, uh, which again is great but not the depth in numbers.
0: If you had to guesstimate, how many roughly entries do you expect for this year? Between
2: 50 and 60.
1: Okay. Yeah. Is there anything you're working on that's...
2: Um, there are a few things, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, But I, I think the strength really lies, and it's important I say it, the strength actually really lies in the local regional. And the fact that, based on what we've just been discussing, the fact that that alone is actually quite astonishing. Yeah. Mm. Um, if we get one or two more guys into the mix that are on the sharp end, then great. But in actuality, a local regional entry based on what we have on the ground here now and who might come from Turks and Caicos or Cayman or so on, that this it's actually very strong. For, you know, it, is, it is a strong entry. Um, so that, that's roughly numbers that I would expect. But the, the interesting thing about that from an organizing perspective, and of course that's a big hat I wear now, uh, is that it allows us to do things based literally on room. So we don't have to look for... Uh, Try and line up 100 cars at the start we're dealing with half that number Mm. Uh, we don't have to use this stage because we can't get through it in time to accommodate this church or this village which we do take into account uh we can now do it in half the time because we're dealing with half the number or roughly it's about 30 percent less in my my what i anticipate so i think this year's event is actually as a competitor Competitors are gonna find it very, very different. Mm. Very different. We're doing one very big thing, which people, in fact, I have one competitor uh, who knows of this particular plan on the organizing committee, and he still can't get his head around it. He's like, all right, I c- can't get my head around that. Like, okay. <laughs> and and it's, it's such a fundamental shift that I think in itself, even that's gonna be interesting. Um, but we've only been able to do this through, as I said, like taking a real critical look at the event and thinking, okay, well, look, we've got a one-off year here. What can we do to what make it? What can we do? Without being silly about it, yeah. without trying to undo an event which generally is
1: reasonably successful Is this a new run. stage? A new. I was going to ask. New you stage, yeah, any? there's a
2: new stage. Um,
1: no, a new s- no spoilers stage? on that. A lot of people, and I wasn't here for this, right, but a lot of people always say the Simpson Motors special is like the that feel was a, and end was, all it was, of Raleigh. That was madness.
0: Right. It was good, though. That was
2: madness. Right. That, 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 super special. The, the one I mentioned earlier, that, the bridge, the pre bridge, bridge was That was park, good, too. nuts. And, and, of course, the one which gives me the most stress as an organizer, which I presided mm-hmm. over and literally said we should do this, was a Friday night start from Warren's, and that stage up in the north. Mm. One that started in Sail Gully and finished at Diamond Yes. Listen to me, right? I, I don't think, I'm not sure if I'm still over the stress involved with that Friday night, three years later or four years later. And at the time, it, it was like, it, it, I can't explain to you how much stress. There, there were certain, we made mistakes. So there were certain things that we did not anticipate. One, okay, you're holding stage at one venue. How many people do you think will show up? Well, I didn't really figure that the entire rally barber's following population would show up on one stage, which posed a problem. And you should know your but spectators. But this is that. it. So <laughs> but I, I thought, well, maybe it's starting late, starting at nine o'clock on a Friday night. You know, how many people are we rating yet? Two, 3,000 people? Joke. Three, four times that on Jeez. one stage. So that posed a massive problem. But now when I think back on it, it's like, with those rose tinted goggles, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. that is the sickest stage yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, ever yeah. run.
0: Yeah.
2: Like without any competitors, say so as well. I mean, not to mention the fact that Jeffrey Pinder put about 15 seconds in the men in first stage alone. Yeah. Because it was unknown. You see, there were large chunks of it that people had not <laughs> driven to <laughs> death. And Denski, Denski put a tremendous like 10 second lead in the entire two wheel drive brigade on that night. That that was like separate men from the boys kind of mm-hmm, scenario driving. and girls. Um. F- mm. but so there are elements of that that we'd like to try and replicate in some way So Understood. yes, there's a stage on Saturday which
0: is mental. Are you bringing about Turner's Hall? No, my turner's hall <laughs> <whole>? terrible. <laughs> 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 the no, really road massive. is a mess. <laughs> it is a <laughs> mess. <laughs>
2: and, and that's, that's a massive challenge. And that, and that, the two hu- the two biggest challenges for us as route setters and planners now yeah, condition of the roads yeah. and timing. So, when we can run stages, because mm-hmm. we do play, pay huge attention to uh, local residents, things like churches, wh- when they actually operate, when they don't. And we have a really good rapport with communities uh, in and around stages. Generally, most complaints we get, generally, we've got them down, not packed, but we do our best to minimize them. is with actually traveling public that haven't, don't know it's on, it's not actually do the residents themselves. Um, but the event itself, as I said, yeah, nine stages Saturday, ten Sunday. Um, it should be good, man. I'm actually looking forward to well, it. It's so are not,
0: we. Listen, man, I was going to say, I, don't, I think that... Um, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah, this weekend, we they got, um, we got a rally going on.
2: Yeah, they got test stage Saturday afternoon. And uh, we have a joint event with the Motor Club on That's Sunday. That's why Panthers is here. Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: And And it's going to be the first... Obviously, Orange. against the clock event, and it okay. got a lot of... So, lots. where's that running?
0: Tell, tell the people where that's running.
2: So, Saturday afternoon is a test stage at Orange Hill. It's very short, kilometre and a half, two kilometres. The idea behind that, which is what we actually had in place back in March for COVID, BC. <laughs> Before um, COVID. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, was, was to try and give the fellas an opportunity, particularly with new machinery, because it means such massive investment. And guys refettling things, uh, an opportunity to, to kind of tweak their cars before they really had to go against the clock in a, in a full kind of timed environment. So we're doing that Saturday afternoon, uh, from two o'clock. Uh, how it many, should be good.
1: How many entries? I don't know actually. You know, As f- leaving
2: last possible right. Entries close tomorrow at four.
0: So. And everybody will enter at three fifty-five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then and
2: then Sunday, uh, the stage is actually quite quick. Uh, it's a it's a venue that Morning Club had chosen from before. So, both these venues, the permissions had gone in for already to the ministry. So, to kind of change them is tricky. Um, so, we stuck with what we have. Um, and basically, that is running from Henley, so it's near Woodland, up mm-hmm. past Duck Pond, uh, past Ashford, and then going out on the Better Road uh, towards Cherry Grove and finishing. Okay. Um, so, it's, qu- it's quick. Qu- it's, qu- it's fast. There are going to be a couple of chicanes in there for sure. Is it uh,
0: running both directions? Both directions. Good. Good.
2: Uh, there are a couple of chicanes in both directions um, at key points to safety reasons. Uh, but it's going to be interesting it, because Saturday, actually we're going to do timing on Saturday. We decided that we want to do timing to kind of see where everybody's at. Um, but it's not for points. Um, but it's going to be two very different kind of things. Because Saturday is very bumpy and twisty. Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday is not. Uh, and it's very quick and, and open and flowing and so on and so forth. So I don't know, we'll see. I, it's almost as if now though, Having enjoyed the break, I'll be honest with you, from the rallying and the organisation and so on, um, it's almost as if all right. Well, yeah, no, we need right to we see We need a cars. rally now in September. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's been too long. Yeah, no, like, yeah. are
1: getting itchy feet.
2: Yeah. yeah, actually, Barry Mears told me only yesterday because I asked him. He said, do you, do "You, I asked him. He said, 'Do you think we get spectators on Saturday, Sunday?'" And I'm like, whoa Yeah, <laughs> said my everybody bumping to say that. the yeah, already they're, so. they're coming out. Yeah, so all you have to do
1: is go to Bushy Park yeah. and see the people going for the, just the test days. On yeah, trying to get a bunch of spectators up there. It's true. All the time, it's so um, we're looking forward to it. Same, Neil. I want to say total pleasure having you on. Thank you so um, much. much. I feel like we could have him on like ten times at least. At least, I know.
2: Well, I'll, I'll come b- when it, when I it can give you some more details for um RB Twenty.
0: Yeah, well, ha- knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah knock yeah, on, yeah. on wood. We'll have you back, and then we can hear some more stories about the good old days. Oh, my word. <laughs> listen,
2: man, we're, we're living through the good it, days. That's you know, true. People forget that, right? Honestly, y- you sometimes get kind of blinkered by the fact that, listen, actually, where we are now and rallying on this uh, is actually fairly good. It's true. Yeah, it may not be as wild
0: as somebody.
1: Yeah, but anyway. True. We'll leave it there. Perfect. All right, Thank, guys. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very you. much, Cheers. Neil. out. So yeah. Thank you, guys.